Welcome to Unbounded, talks on growth in financial services. Hi everyone, I'm your host Mike Parsons and Unbounded is powered by Flowex.ai. Today, Iwan and I are talking with Prakesh Patini from IBM. The big blue is here. And he is a big deal because he spent over 20 years working at esteemed banks such as JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs. Joining me today as a co-host is Iwan Jakob, CEO of Flowex.ai. Iwan, I'm looking forward to, uh, to this show and digging in with uh, Prakash. How are you feeling? Definitely very excited. I mean, uh, right? Well, what what uh, other uh, exciting player in the, in the space other than IBM is uh, most welcome here? Indeed. So, all of you, our listeners, get ready to dig into the growth equation. Prakash, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. Good to to meet you, Mike and Iran. I'm looking forward to this discussion. You're very, very welcome. Let's jump straight into it. We teased it a little bit. That's what we do here on Unbounded Talks. But I'm really fascinated how you come to this junction in your career. You've worked at some very well-known brand names in the banking business, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs. And then quite equally, if not bigger uh, as a name, is IBM. But that sounds like a big pivot in your career Tell us, how did that come about and how did you find yourself sitting, running all of these financial services experiences for IBM all around the planet? How did it all happen? Yeah, listen, I mean, you know, 20 years, as you said, 20 years in banking and, you know, I've seen how much technology has changed and how much that in turn has impacted how business is done. Um, You know, I remember... um, like many years ago, when um, I was uh, at, and I went, you know, at Goldman Sachs, say um, how we used to trade contracts, right? People used to use the phone and you know make deals, and then we'd fax contracts to clients, and then you had teams of people responsible for managing that process, and all of that's now been automated, um, and you know that's part of what um, led me to um, IBM. Ultimately, it's like I spent a lot of time with the banks working. Um, with them and their clients, but also in the largely in the technology space, and I could see how that was going to be a pivotal driver of, of change in this industry. So, um, you know, after spending many years there, um, um, and especially the last five years or so, I was working predominantly on on public cloud and how do we help the bank move and leverage that technology. I was running into a lot of the the, um, the the problems as we got further down that um, that journey, um, uh, you know, around how do we protect sensitive data? How do we work with partners like um, Flowex and and others? And, and there were lots of um, internal barriers and things which were slowing us down. So when the opportunity arose to come and work with someone like IBM, who were really you know work with um, I think forty seven of the you know the Fortune fifty companies and have deep experience in, in financial services, it felt like a, a really good fit for me to, to, to be on the, the other side, as it were, bringing that knowledge and um, experience that I had um, to helping solve clients' um, problems and to, to help accelerate, you know, innovation using technology, et cetera. So those were, you know, that was some of the journey that sort of took me from working with the, within the banking industry to, to helping solve some of the problems that they're they're, you know, they're hitting and encountering with 
organization like um, IBM. Do you, and just do you think curious. it's fair to say that you kind of saw, you, you remember, Ewan and I talked previously about Mark Andreessen's famous quote from 2011 that software is going to eat the world. Is it fair to say you saw this transformation happening and this was the big clue that you got in the day-to-day business of the banks over the, that, that career tenure of 20 years? I think so. I mean, you know, most of these um, these companies that I work for, you'd be surprised, you know, even though JP Morgan has over 250,000 employees, it's got, I don't know what the latest number is, but when I was there, at over 50,000 developers. So, you know, it's, um, it's bigger than many software companies, right, in terms of development um, capability. Um, so, you know, I think most organizations see that they're, they're having to transition to becoming more like software companies and, and and driven by that technology. So I think to a large extent, it, you know, that is, that is right. I think you're, you're seeing that happen in almost every industry. You know, we see it from ordering food to, you know, platforms like Airbnb, et cetera. So it does feel like that is, um, that is, you know, coming, coming true if it's not already true. Just curious, like, what do you feel is the most uh, important, let's say, perspective change that you feel you're you're able to bring in a in a technology company uh, coming from from your financial services uh, industry background? I think it's the um, that that knowledge that I have. I can you know partly when I'm talking to clients, I I understand all of their internal processes. I understand what they're having to go through the regulators and um, a lot of those challenges. So I think part of it is, you know, you're, uh, you're bringing that insider view. You can talk the language and you've really experienced the problems. So it's not just a case of here's some new interesting technology and, you know, are you interested? It's like, here's your business problem. I know this is a real problem and this is how the technology can help you um, address that problem, you know, be it, speed to market, be it evidencing to the regulator that, you know, you really do have your environment under control, whatever it might be. So I think that's the, the, the different lens that I, I can, I can bring to the, um, discussion and the story. And I think that's what really, really helps. And IBM have been doing a lot of that. They've been hiring, uh, more people with industry experience in not just in financial services, but in other sectors they work with, because I think they realize it's really important to have that to be that customer focused and to have that customer side view of things. Prakash, when you're building a bridge, uh, you know, if I was to, to sort of visualize what you just talked about, it's, it's like building a bridge between the business and the technology, right? Um, what's the most important thing to do in those moments? What helps technology and business work together? What is the act? What is the mindset? What is the thinking that needs to happen there? Because all too many times when as users, we're using technology from financial services firms, it very often doesn't work for us. It works. It looks like it works for the compliance department at the bank or at the insurance company. How do you, how do you like make sure that there is a great customer experience there's a great piece of tech, but also serves the business. Like what can we do to improve that connection? Yeah. And I think, um, you, you're absolutely right. Sometimes, you know, people over-engineer these things They They've put on the, the hat of the, the compliance expert or whatever it might be. 
I always find the simplest thing um, to do is really to put yourself in in the customer's shoes and to always have that at the top of mind. So, you know, we we have capabilities um, at IBM. You know, we call you know the design thinking type workshops where we really do think about the the end persona here. Who is the the end user and what are they doing and you know what are the steps they need to go through and if if it's a good customer experience or not. I mean, you know, in this digital first world customers are used to or clients and consumers are used to almost instant gratification, right? They want the same experience from the banks as they get from ordering food or, or booking cinema tickets. They want seamless experiences which are personalized to them. And I think that's been one of the challenges for traditional banks have been, you know, the, the, the fintechs and the newer players in the market have haven't got all of this legacy to deal with and um, it's very easy for them to create those experiences and you know, incorporate AI and things like that. Whereas for some of the um, uh, more traditional banks, some of that is, is harder to do. But you know, just getting back to your your question, um, I think it's all that complexity that is introduced by a lot of that that legacy that that sometimes makes the experience clunky. And I think being able to um, solve for that, but always having that that end user view in in mind and and not making compromises as you go through that development process. So um, not going, oh, you know, cutting corners, just, bec- you know, adding an additional step just because it's easy for you as the um, the bank, but it makes the experience worse for the um, the user, right? So I think always having that, that real focus on the user and their experiences is really, it's critical in, in being successful, especially for the traditional banks. Just curious here, uh, when, when you're looking at, uh, when, when we're talking about user experience, uh, how, how important do you feel is the customer experience versus the employee experience? Because I think a lot of companies are just looking at uh, customer experience and uh, I think sometimes maybe employee experience is, is, is a bit left behind. Yeah, and I think again, just even talking as we were earlier, I think people do forget that there are employees on the, you know, on, in, involved in these transactions, and if the employee is having a, a poor or bad experience, um, you know, this will reflect on the the ultimate end customer experience as well. So I I do think that is really important. Um, whether people um, are focused on that as much is is, is sometimes hard. To tell, um, in my experience, it's been a little bit mixed. I think the, the companies that are really successful in this space do focus on both. Um, others maybe are focused on one or the or the other, and, and that's to the detriment of you know the other party involved in this equation. But I definitely agree with you. It needs to be um, both, and I think part of what tools like Flowex AI and um, you know some of the solutions IBM can bring here do actually get you to think about that. It's not just um, about the, you know, the end customer, it's about the end-to-end experience and all of the parties and all of the personas involved in that transaction. I think that's that's critical to getting a holistic solution that works for everyone, because as you say, otherwise it's a little bit mixed in terms of the end result that you get. It, it really does feel like in the end of the day, the great challenge for those who are driving traditional banks is to not only delight their customers, but their employees too. What do you think, Prakash? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've done some recent studies um, around what people think about their, their organizations, whether they enjoy working for them and, you know, whether they'll be there long term. I mean, we IBM got, got good results because I think it does 
does think about that. Um, I've been at other organizations where maybe the, um, you know, the net promoter scores, as it were, that they get from customers have been positive, but internally it's not been, not been as strong, right. In terms of the, the culture. Um, and a lot of that is around how employees are treated, but also a lot of the processes and systems that have been built, um, and that, that people are using. So, you know, if, you know, people aren't going to be happy if they're having to, you know, um, jump through a lot of hoops and bureaucracy and process. So there's been a real focus, um, in recent years that I've seen, at least in the, in the corporate world to focus on that and to, and to remove a lot of that. So again, you know, absolutely agree with you both here that we need to tackle both of these. And I, I, I think again, it's that taking that holistic approach, which is critical to, to solving um, the the needs, but cr- also creating the right culture for organizations. You you did mention um, pulling things together in order to not only delight those customers, but really making those employees productive as well. But before we jump into this sort of Batman and Robin combination of IBM and Flowex.ai, I want to remind all of our listeners that they're listening to Unbounded Talks powered by flowex.ai and if you would love to get our transcripts show notes all the links uh, or find out more about prakesh iwan head over to unbounded.flowex.ai and you'll get everything you need now this brings us to this really interesting topic of system integration platform integration liberating some of these core services some of these legacy systems so that these financial institutions who have built enormous trust over the years, who've got great acumen in managing risk, they need to keep up with those neo banks and those fintechs. How do you see IBM uh, actually playing a role here? You, you, you touched on this earlier. I'd love to go deeper. I mean, you have such an arsenal of great technology from Watson, the cloud. I mean, there's a lot to bring to bear, but where do you think your strength really becomes when we talk about creating growth in financial services. Yeah, I think our um, key areas of growth and um, some of our technology that we've we've built um, really go to the heart of some of the problems that the, the the financial services industry is grappling with. Right. So, on the one hand, we have um, banks who have access to you know, customers' most sensitive data. Um, they want to. Um, obviously use cloud technologies to to drive innovation and they want to work with um, fintechs and organizations to to help in that space but there's also a lot of risks that that that, that comes with that right so putting sensitive data on the cloud unless you protect it we've heard about you know compromises that have happened and you can lose trust very quickly um, with your clients so some of the solutions IBM has got um, or, or built have been around confidential compute solutions which allow you to protect that data. Um, we also um, are working very strongly on trying to um, address some of the concerns that are out there around portability and, and, and vendor lock-in. So you know, clients do also get concerned and regulators are getting concerned about um, concentration risk and having too many um, critical providers or critical fintechs all sitting on the same platform. So you know, part of our strategy has been around building um, hybrid cloud solutions that allow you to to port across different clouds, but also, um, you know, there's a lot of legacy systems as you've you've mentioned previously. So we don't we don't see everything moving to the cloud ultimately. I think clients are realizing it's going to end up being a little bit of a hybrid 
model um, with multiple cloud providers and legacy systems. So some of um, you know part of what we've been doing through our OpenShift solutions and you know then the whole reason for buying Red Hat was to to address that that part of the market to build solutions that um, you know are hybrid in in nature and um, give you that that portability. But also just to your point about fintechs, we see them as as, as critical partners um, in um, what we're doing, but also in in, in um, you know continuing to evolve and, and drive the financial services industry. And I think companies like Floex AI are in the vanguard of delivering the capabilities that allow financial services customers to truly meet their, their digital transformation goals. Um, and I think a lot of what the approach you take around um, rather than having to redesign and legacy systems and which can be complex and time consuming, just the, uh, the ability to allow customers to integrate the modern solutions with existing technology through plug and play functionality really allows you to deliver value multiple times faster. So there's a lot, lot I packed in there, but I think it's all of these pieces that add to a lot of complexity in the market and the, um, in this environment. But I think it's, it, you know, it, it's trying to bring all of that together and make it really simple for organizations rather than giving them very complex decision trees they need to work out with lots of multiple, you know, dead ends I could potentially go down. So I think that those are some of the things that we're working on um, and also partnering with, with companies like Floex AI on. And, and, and speaking about that integration and, and that unified experience around, you know, multiple existing systems, I feel there's this one uh, particular unicorn that banks and generally financial services companies have been chasing for, I think, the better part of, of the past two decades, maybe even more. And that's the, the mythical omni-channel, right? And I was wondering today, like, even today, how real do you feel the, that true omni-channel experience is uh, in, in financial services? I think we're, we're we're getting closer to it. Um, I know you know there's so many channels out there, um, but also just, just the one thing that this um, sparked in terms of an idea is just how um, the, the different cha- channels and the usage of channels is changing. So we're working with a number of companies in in Africa as, as part of our fintech program, who you know where the traditional channel of going you know to a physical bank somewhere you know it's not possible because they're you know, farmers are working in rural environments in, in um, you know, in the middle of the country, and it's a very long way to get to them. So, how mobile banking has, you know, really um, driven that, um, um, you know, democratization, as it were, of financial services. You know, so everyone gets access to it. So, just the fact that these channels that maybe people that didn't exist 10, 20 years ago are now there, and then the, the fact that you know you have so many ways through, you know, in terms of to your, to your point. So many different channels through which you can access um, these services now. I think is all good, right? It's all helping um, make financial services much more available to the, the wider population, and it's um, you know improving people's lives ultimately. So you know, I think all of that's good. Um, I think the challenge is that experience. I think is wasn't great in the early days. I think you had different channels with different levels of experience, but I think that's now equalizing a lot. I think as the technologies become um, better and more available and, you know, clouds come to the fore, um, I think all of that is now starting to become a, a lot more of a reality. So 
I think we're not personally, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're pretty close to it and definitely a heck of a lot better than where we were 10, uh, 15 years ago in terms of this, um, you know, this channel experience. So, so let's, let's double click a little bit on this omni-channel topic and, and in particular, I think it would be really interesting for, for us to understand what you saw change over the last few years. Uh, there was a little thing called COVID that came along, branches for financial service companies weren't so in vogue anymore. So I think we know that there's a change afoot. Tell us what are you working on right now and what are some of the challenges with deploying mobile or maybe even mobile-first experiences? What are you seeing there? What are you learning at the coalface of omnichannel and going into really mobile playing a really significant role in the customer experience? Yeah, I mean, most most of the clients we work with have um, a, you know, a mobile channel. And what we've seen happen is, over, especially over the last couple of years, um, with COVID has, has been where that shift has accelerated, right? So whereas we were working with clients and they were saying, oh, we think it's still going to be, I don't know, a certain percentage in branch, a certain percentage, um, you know, through through PCs and laptops, et cetera, and, and maybe, a, you know, an equivalent percentage of mobile. We've seen that shift where they've moved a much more significant um, portion is now coming through the mobile channel. Um, I think people have got used to not, you know, and also new capabilities have been launched around where you can deposit checks, right? In the few places that people still do have checks, you know, through your mobile phone. So there's been a removal of the need almost to go to, um, um, you know, into branch. I remember I've got a bank account in the US and occasionally I get sent checks um, here from companies for dividends or something, you know, from the US. And I'm like, I used to have to go to when I was making regular trips to the US. I could uh, deposit those checks, but now I have my mobile application and I just scan it and it gets deposited. Right, so you know all of that's just made life um, so much easier. But also, I think um, you, you've just seen that massive shift um, more towards mobile. Now that in turn has had an impact in terms of um, how we build our technologies and um, being able to almost scale up very quickly. We saw that where. Um, clients had maybe built their technology to only cater for a certain volume in a particular channel. Um, and that would create latency or, you know, it'll slow things down from a customer point of view. But, um, now I think people realize they, they need that ability to switch very quickly between channels, um, and to be able to scale up and cloud technology enables a lot of that. So, um, a lot of what we're doing is working with companies and how, how do you how do you build the architecture in such a way that you can flip very quickly between channels um, and so as far as the customer is concerned they're not really you know experiencing any downgrade in functionality or capability or speed but in the back end there's a lot of a lot of things going on um, in the technology space um, which mean that you know this this all feels like a you know very consistent common, platform from a, a consumer's point of view. So those are some of the things that we've been seeing in terms of how customers and clients are coming to us with asking for different solutions. But again, uh, you know, this is also requiring them to do a lot of re-architecture. So being able to have um, the, the, you know, the application of that capability move between these channels has meant them having to do a lot of fixing of their their architecture so that it is cloud native and can integrate with you know, solution providers um, such as just you know such as flowx etc and i think that's where flowx comes into some of this as well i think some of the capabilities you have help help address some of these needs 
No. And I, I think, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of, of key things there, which is, you know, architecture and, and scalability. And I feel there's one other thing that comes along with this where, where uh, you know, IBM Cloud is, is particularly strong, which is once with, with this new exposure to new channels, mobile first and all, and this increased exposure to, to, to mobile uh, and, and other new channels, security is becoming much, much more interesting as a, as a topic overall. Is that something that, that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I think you hit one of the, the critical um, barriers that we see um, with, with clients is that as they've started, I think they've done some of the, the easier work, as it were, as far as migrating to the cloud is concerned. They've moved a lot of their front end, you know, their web-facing um, part of their systems. But as they start to move towards the middle and, and back end now, because um, I think clients are starting to do that, they're now starting to hit some of the... Um, more um, sensitive data and some of the systems that are processing that data. And there's lots of um, regulatory type concerns, obviously, that kick in when you're starting to move that type of data to the cloud. So some of what we've been working on have been solutions that really protect that data. So we have our confidential compute solution, which allows clients to ensure that when they're processing their data, it's done in a very you know secure way that if they um, are encrypting their data, only they have access to the keys um, and no one else. So all of this is helping um, you know, provide that confidence that, um, that, that, that their data is safe and secure. And that was partly what drove us to, to build the um, IBM Cloud for Financial Services that you mentioned right at the start. Um, this was a, around addressing all of those control, regulatory, security needs and, and building it into a stack so that clients weren't having to do that themselves. So that was partly what we were seeing, which led us to that. It was, we were seeing clients solve the same regulation security problems over and over again. So we wanted to build something that would allow them to, to, to consume the cloud in a secure way at speed. Um, and again, trying to remove some of those barriers that slowed them down from building their own hardening of their services and security around the cloud. So absolutely. That was some of, that was some of the big drivers of some of the solutions that we've um, built and created. It really feels like, you know, if we sit in the, the hot seat of the modern banking executive, Prakash, it really does feel like, um, you know, that confidential data is such a great um, story for the challenge. On one side, you need data security, confidentiality, but on the other hand, you need portability, extensibility, scalability, and performance to put it in all the right channels at the right time. Do you think that's really where we move to solutions that take the best of the IBM cloud and take this sort of platform, user-first, customer experience platforms like FlowX AI? Is this almost that, that Batman and Robin combination in order to transform the business of the modern uh, traditional bank? Is, is that really the two pieces they need? Yeah, I, th I think um, if you'd asked me that question a, a few years ago, I think um, you'd have got an answer which would have been slightly differently, especially when I was on the um, the, the banking side, because I think there was initially early on there was a little bit of a some fear around working with other partners because they I think the banks felt that um, they were here to eat their lunch as it were, 
Um, but now you find it's very much more of a partnership. I think they realize um, that they have to work with partners, um, you know, in, in the fintech community like FlowX, who bring these new solutions can help them accelerate and deliver ultimately for their customers. So I think one, you've seen a paradigm shift and a reliance that you know Batman does need Robin. Um, and that Robin is there to help, not to um, you know become Batman himself. So um, I think I think there's one. I think you've seen a, a shift there, um, but also I, I, you, you've seen enormous investment. I think there was a recent statistic around. Um, I think it's, it, it's like sixfold in terms of the investment in just UK fintech startups in in the last um, um, year alone. Right, so you can see that there's going to be massive growth in this um, space. And you've got to leverage um, this, and um, this, it's going to drive so much more innovation, I think, and it's all going to help the bank. So, yes, I think you know, one, there's been a shift, and and two, I think also the technology that's coming through now is um, you know uh, at a different level from where it was a few years ago. And I think all of that combined with the recognition by the banks of that, you know, that there's a, a you know, great technology starting to come through, and, and the willingness to partner with them is leading to a much more balanced and a much more effective answer to, to driving ultimately innovation, right? And, 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 you know, meeting market needs and, um, delivering better value for the customers. So yes, absolutely. I think I, I, I agree with you on that Batman and Robin analogy. <laughs> we are the dynamic duo, or in the case of this podcast, the triumvirate. Um, listen, I, I really want to ask you to cast your eye towards our chart of the week. And we we know our listeners love this because we, we like to get into a little bit of data. And uh, this chart that we have is called the Foundation for the Future. And it's all about banking services and it's thanks to McKinsey and company. And it paints this incredible picture. And I'm and Ewan and I are very keen to get your, your comments on this. And for the listeners, if you're keen to get a, a copy of this slide, Head over to unbounded.flowx.ai. You can get this uh, chart to download, to put it in your slides. You can get the run sheets, the transcripts, the links, everything that you could possibly want. But it talks about the yesterday and tomorrow when we think about banking and financial services. And Prakash, yesterday was all about, you know, the front office. It was about the multiple core legacy and the back office, which took up so much of the attention of banking executives. Now, looking at this, it seems like the promise of tomorrow, according to McKinsey, is flipping everything on its head. What are your thoughts on this? Um, have you got the chart handy? Sorry. Just... Yeah, it's on the run sheet, slide five. Okay. Take your time. Run sheet. I didn't see that, sorry. Yeah, you're all good. We boffin away on our charts, uh, Prakash. Yeah, so, um, sorry, let me just. Okay, do I need a specific access to get into it? Because it didn't let me in last time. Okay. If, uh, let me see here, because it's embedded. Maybe see if I can find it, just a web link to it. Yeah, it went, it's asked me to sign into the account and it won't let me in. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, 
What I can, I can, do... I can send it over. I can send send it over email to you. Yeah, could you? Just for that the sake of simplicity, awesome. sure. Thanks, man. Okay. Nice. Thanks for that. Just let us know when that hits your um, hits your inbox, Prakash. Still waiting. Seems to be running very slow. The internet today. <laughs> it always happens when you're recording, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, what we can do, maybe let's we'll skip over the the chart uh, of the week, and I think what we can do is sort of perhaps round out this question with sort of uh, the, the show with hopes and dreams. So I'll, I'll come back in as if I'm asking the next question. Okay, listen, Prakash, for, for our last question of uh, this session with you here on Unbounded Talks, Iwan and I, we're, we're really keen to hear what are you thinking about and hoping for in the future? We've outlined a lot of challenges uh, that uh, financial services and banks uh, are facing. You've indicated, look, there's a big job to do around data security, around portability, around hybrid and open shift, which are a lot of the answers to those problems. Um, but as we now cast our, our eyes towards the future, what are some of the things you're really hoping for in terms of some of the solutions that can come to bear over the coming years? So not only the customers of banks can be delighted, but employees too can have everything they need to do a great job on behalf of their customers. So I think it's a really exciting time, firstly, just to be in, in financial services. I think um, with the, the growth of fintechs, with the technology that's coming out, with um, the move to the cloud, I think all of this is just leading to, to massive growth and innovation. Um, I also think that, you know, we spoke earlier about the ability to, to improve people's lives and, you know, to, to stretch these solutions and capabilities to, you know, beyond like the, the normal, you know, at least in the UK, the, uh, the shores of the UK, but to other organizations and, and places. So I think all of that's really great. I also think some of the new um, developments that are coming through. So you may have heard about things like quantum computing are, are going to completely change the the dynamic and the environment so i think all of that just in a big melting pot means that we've got you know you're going to see massive change and acceleration in that change as we go forward so one i think it's a really interesting exciting space to to be in um and you know not to mention i don't want to get into cryptos and things like that but you know blockchain and that technology if you bring that in as well um you know i think is going to completely change how financial services operates um I think all of that's uh, still at early stages, um, but I think all, all that technology combined is going to be able to help us deliver the security that we need. I think the solutions that some of the which we've talked about are going to help us address the, the regulatory security compliance needs, but also a lot of the portability needs. I think that the ability to, to partner with um, you know, organizations like yourself are going to mean um, that banks can accelerate their, their solutions and, and, and deliveries. Um, and, I, and I think also just the, the, the difference in how people go about doing development is, is also going to mean that, you know, we're going to address some of these cultural issues that we spoke about. So, you know, operating in agile ways, operating um, in a way that 
does bring people in, but doing, you know, very short sprints and um, pivoting and, and taking feedback rather than trying to do these big, long, you know, I'm trying to um, build uh, very detailed specifications that then, you know, by the time you've delivered it, the, the market's moved and you're, you're delivering something that's now out today. So I think all of that change in culture and ways of delivering all the technology means that we're going to be moving much faster. And I think that will mean that both, you know, um, employees are happier because they can see that they're, they're delivering value faster and are involved. And I think also from a, a consumer point of view, they're just going to get much better and innovative um, solutions. So listen, I think overall really exciting time to be here in, in, in this industry. And I think you're going to see a, a lot more change to come. In, in, in this exciting time and, and space and, you know, technological environment full of so many technology innovation that we're, we've, We've been seeing over the, the past years, you know, platforms, technologies, cloud. Um, do you feel, do you see there's a line that's that's getting drawn between kind of the winners and the losers of tomorrow? Do you think there there's some demarcation that's that's starting to happen in, in, in the financial services space? I think you're gonna see the um, the, the winners are the ones that are really maniacally focused on, on, on their customers. Um, I think there's still some organizations that maybe are, are still inward looking. Um, and I think that's, at least from my observation, that's going to be the big demarcation here, right? So the ones that are really um, looking to the, the future and willing to take some of those risks, I think sometimes organizations you know, try and protect what, what they have for too long and then the market's moved and... It, it's grown exponentially. So I think those that are willing to take those risks, um, focus on some of these new technologies and, and, and really focus on the, on the customers of the ones that I think personally are, are going to end up being a bit the winners in this space. What a perfect way to wrap up our show uh, where the future belongs to those who will dare to create the new, those that will dare to embrace the uncertainty before we say goodbye, Prakash, if our listeners would love to find out more about you and what you're doing, how do they find you out there on the World Wide Web? What's the best way for them to look you up? So you can obviously just go to ibm.com and um, you know, you, you, you'll find me or um, on LinkedIn as well. I'm just there. I don't think there's too many of me. So um, you, know, you can easily find, uh, find me on LinkedIn if, if you're really interested in learning more about anything that we've, um, we've spoken about today. Well, Prakash, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So our big thanks go to you and thank you to you, our listeners and viewers. We really appreciate you giving us this time to dive into this intersection between data security, portability, and the future of hybrid cloud. All of this is driving growth in financial services. So if you want to dig into more of the growth equation, head over to unbounded.flowex.ai. But better still, come on, join the conversation because we're on a mission to create growth. You can be part of it too. All right, that's it for the show. That's a wrap.